Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Week 12 is in the books, folks. It's in the books. It's Tuesday night. This is Dynasty Theory. And I'm John Bauer. Like I am every single week, I think. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. But we're also joined by Dan LaMagna. Dan, what's going on? JB, Mitch, great to be here. You know, as Mitch and I were talking pre-show a little bit, you know, week 12, I, I think we're starting to feel like the players of our favorite football teams. Like that that 12-week grind right now, it is a combination of super exciting because we're, you know, a lot of playoff hunts. and But, man, it is a grind. But uh, excited, excited to talk uh, week 12 going into week 13 here. Yeah, it's a good week. A lot of the trade deadlines passed. I know a lot of people, no, no trade deadlines. And I, I get it. I'm the same way. But it allows us to focus on those handful of leagues that don't have the trade deadline and all of our energy and efforts can go into there. There's still some things we can do for those teams that have the the trade deadline in the rearview mirror, but obviously not as much. We're also joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mitch Sorensen. What's up, Mitch? What's up? How are you guys doing today? Did you go hunting yesterday? No. Why? Wait, isn't wasn't yesterday or is that like a state thing? Was yesterday? Not I didn't. Like I didn't know Mitch hunted. I, I thought you were joking because he had that flannel. He looks like a little like a hunter kind of tonight. Maybe it was warm but. today. A little bit of snow happened, but yeah, I have no idea what John is talking about. <laughs> November twenty eighth. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Hold on, hold on. Am I? <laughs> I told you I'm losing my mind. Here. A little bit. I think so. Let's see. Let's see. Anybody that hunts, is this not a is this not a thing? <laughs> Maybe over there, but you know, over I mean, here pe- in the western United States, yeah, it's I mean, a little pe- bit. People different. have been hunting here for weeks, JB. I yeah. mean, I, I think it's been a little while. I you think know. they're hunting, but is it regulated? I don't know. Look at me. Does it look like I freaking hunt? <laughs> no, nobody's surprised by that. Well, if you're in the chat, please please drop some knowledge here. I'm trying to find something, but I don't know. I don't know what all this mumbo jumbo means. Anyway, so ignore the hunting. All right, uh, a lot happened here. Uh, it's like a national holiday in Michigan, November 15th. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it depends on the state. I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Mitch, I, I wasn't listening. How, how are you doing? Good. Good. I was trying to see how you were going to work that hunting into the manscaped read. If you're going to be like, you know, when you're out hunting on a Friday night, boom, manscaped. <laughs> but you don't want to look like one of those grizzly bears you're firing at, right? <laughs> you know? But that's perfect. This week's episode of Dynasty Theory, as it has been for the last month and a half, two months, is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. 20% off, free worldwide shipping, code theory20, manscaped.com. When you're out hunting... You, you don't want to be mistaken for a wild animal, right? There we go. Take care of yourself. It's a great product. It helps us out as always. All right, Dan, you've been the, the takeaway guy here. Mm-hmm. We, we send the, the show notes over to you. Dan reaches out every morning, every week. Hey guys, I threw my notes in there. So you focused a lot on the injuries at hand, right? 
there, there were a lot of things that came up this week and some a little bit more impactful than others. But let's start with the quarterbacks here. Aaron Rodgers, thumb and ribs, but a lot of positive things coming out. He's saying he's going to play this week, right? We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But I want to pair this with Matthew Stafford and the concussions. Uh, you know, just his, his legs were numb. But it seems like that that symptom is past. And the way the NFL handles concussions, I trust he went through all of the right steps and, and protocols necessary. But anyway, Dan, so those two quarterbacks, how are you playing this for for your your teams now? Let's say the trade deadline has not passed because otherwise you're SOL. So a couple of things. Before I get into this, like for our listeners, you know, we, you know, so I put some added notes to John's this morning and, you know, my mind is on the injuries and they're from anywhere from trades, John, to, you know, the implications of other guys on the team. If, you know, for trades or for free agents or mm-hmm. whatever it opens up, but, you know, John adds like a, like pages worth of show notes after that. And then, so that's why I thought you were starting tonight, John. And then instead you go out of order of the show notes and are skipping down. So I'm going to scroll down here to my notes and go into the injury impact here. And so Aaron Rodgers. So, Hey, if you have Aaron Rodgers right now, obviously you're kind of banking on him. You may not want to have him because green Bay has been a little little bit of a roller coaster this year. And it was ironic because right before like the news broke that he's been playing with a broken thumb and then you're watching him pregame. He's like wincing a little bit right before that. I traded Jordan love like before I even knew he had a broken thumb. Like the, the day before I traded Jordan love and Will Disley for Mike white, who I think you, you're also going to talk about at some point in the show, Foster Moreau. I was drinking a little of the DFS Kool-Aid and thinking Waller's going to be out for a while. And then I got a fourth round pick kicked in there, but I'm thinking, Hey, love isn't going to play for, you know, a year, two years, who knows? Mike White's, you know, good for now. Moreau gives me a young tight end that could help me this year. And then all of a sudden, you know, all the hype builds up. But I think Rodgers, I mean, if those ribs heal, like if it's not too serious, I think he's going to continue to play through this thumb, at least as long as he could. Um, now, I think their contention, you know, status is kind of hurt so that they probably don't want to risk him. But he's got a pretty big hefty contract there too. So I don't think anything really – I think it's a little bit more uh, the Twitter hype train than Aaron Rodgers really going anywhere. I, I don't, I can't, I just can't see Green Bay trading Aaron Rodgers. So for, for me, I just want to protect my quarterback status. If I'm in a contending league and I have Rodgers and I know there is a chance he could get, you know, just, Hey, let's keep the guy healthy, not risk him. So hopefully I have Jordan love in that league, or maybe I could handcuff to Jordan love and and protect my green Bay investment. And I'm just kind of investing in green, the green Bay situation there. You know, there's all this negative press around Aaron Rodgers, and people are disappointed. And, you know, you look at his numbers, you would think that, you know, he's not having a great season by any means, but from weeks five to 11, taking out week 12 because he left early, he's right there on a points per game basis with Lamar Jackson, who certainly from a fantasy perspective, doesn't get even remotely close to the negative press. Now the, the big thing for me with Aaron Rodgers, and, and you know, Mitch, I'll, I'll get your thoughts here, but if you're the green Bay Packers and you have this money invested in Aaron Rodgers, and you're out of contention, I mean, the Vikings, they can clinch the division this week. I think there's a little, they have to get some help elsewhere as well, but let's say the Packers go out and they lose in week 13. What reason is there to, 
keep throwing Rodgers out there with the thumb injury, with the ribs or whatever, however that's playing out. There's very little incentive to keep him out there. So, Mitch, I want to tie this over, uh, tie this in with Matthew Stafford as well. Mm-hmm. For either of those guys, you have them on your roster. Trade deadline is not passed. Almost impossible to move either off your roster. Yep. If they're your quarterback too, how worried are you with your quarterback situation if you're trying to compete, if you're contending, and how how desperate are you to to maybe get an insurance policy or fill that quarterback two spot? The problem is, like these teams, if you have Rodgers, you have Stafford still on your teams, you're a contender, or you haven't really been paying attention this year, right? So you're going to have to go out and immediately try to get contender points. People that are contending, they're not going to give you a quarterback because they don't want to make your team any better. So then you have to look at the teams who aren't contending, who are already starting a rebuild. If I'm in a rebuild, I don't want Stafford. I don't want Rodgers. So in my opinion, they're extremely hard to move. But are you guys concerned that I'm, I'm of the opinion that Aaron Rodgers can walk away at any point? If he came out in January, he's like, I'm done. I'd understand it. And if Stafford did the same thing with the injuries, how the Rams are kind of going, if him and McVay were just like, you know what, we're done, we're walking away, I would not be shocked at that at all. So in my opinion, like there are two guys to where if I'm on a rebuild, this isn't a buy low time on him because I'm worried about him even next year. I mean, they're more than likely going to be back, but there's the chance that they're not. And that chance is going to hurt their value every single year moving forward. To be fair, Mitch, I, I would just add, I'm looking at it more from the windows getting shorter, whether mm-hmm. it's Brady or Rodgers. I mean, you definitely have a valid point, but these guys are goats that seem to just keep coming back. It's a hard game to let go of, as we know. And I, I think unless you see that play deteriorate, like we kind of did Big Ben towards the end there, mm-hmm. I think you just ride it into the ground, unless you can move it. But we all know it's very like hard, needs the perfect situation to move it. I mean, what's good is, hey, we know Rodgers has been playing with a broken thumb. And once Watson finally kind of became a receiver that I think Green Bay hoped he, you know, could be, and JB mentioned, like, he's scoring. Like, he's producing. So this is a team that even if they're out of contention this year, Green Bay is not looking to rebuild, I don't think. I think they're going to try to get right back in the saddle next year. And, okay, hey, here we go again with Rodgers. Watson's developing. We got the draft. We got free agency. and, and, And they go from there. You mentioned Christian Watson. As long as he keeps up that 50% touchdown rate, that's pretty good, which is certainly sustainable. <laughs> well, well, yeah, Christian he Watson. Good, I mean, Calvin Johnson, who that, that's my thought. And uh, Jay in the chat again, we have some real sickos in our dynasty theory Patreon. Mitch, you're taking part. I'm Dan, one of them. You, you, Dan, you'd be proud of me because even I have not taken part in this one. But a 12 team super flex startup kicked off, they're in the seventh round. Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford are still on the board. I would be very surprised to see many startups, especially right now. Again, absolute sickos. But in January, February, March, April, until we get a little bit more resolution and clarity around both of them, I'd be very surprised to see either quarterback go in the top 20, 21, 22, probably. I think we're going to see them slip to quarterback 24, 25. And it's not because of the talent from the two of them. But like Mitch said, there is that that question mark, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. There there was a, a lot of a lot of talk this last offseason before he got the extension. 
hey, is he going to walk away? And now Matthew Stafford getting dinged up two weeks in a row. Who's to say he couldn't just step away? And now with the Rams, Aaron Donald, all of a sudden, he's got the high ankle sprain. Right. It's it's (laughs) funny, guys, when you're losing, how these injuries just pile up. Just pile up. Oh, I'm injured. That's it's like whenever I take a week off a of dynasty theory, you know, I, I see the numbers. I see you guys aren't producing the way you should be. So I, yeah, I'm feeling a little <laughs> sick this week, but it's going to be really challenging. And Mitch, you said this very challenging moving Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford off of your roster. If you're contending, like you said, there is no market because if I'm contending, I don't want them. If I'm rebuilding sure. Like there's the possibility you, get Stafford. He comes back. You have three to four years. Great. You know, that that's a big win there, but it's so dangerous in investing in either of those quarterbacks because there is that risk. And I, I have over 20% Stafford. It's killing me guys. Mm -hmm. It really is. But the, the biggest opportunity here, if Aaron Rodgers plays, they have the easiest remaining schedule in terms of pass defense, defensive efficiency of opponents, right? But there are a few Band-Aid opportunities that you can go out and look to acquire. I still think my man Jimmy Garoppolo is up there. Taylor Heineke. Uh, I wouldn't go anywhere near the Texans. Uh, Russ, I, I can't support that man anymore, guys. I, every week I say he's bouncing back this week. He's bouncing I like back. it. No, but um, and then Mike White. And this is somebody that, Dan, you, you mentioned already, but you have him here. So anything else on Rodgers or Stafford? I think this is an easy segue here yep. into, to Dan's guy, Mike White, who he just acquired in the trade he mentioned. But Mike White, uh, a somewhat relatively easy schedule throughout the remainder of the season in terms of the past def- defensive efficiency. I stumble over that every single time I say it. Past defensive efficiency. Say it five times fast. I don't think you could. Uh, so, Dan, what intrigues you about Mike White? Now, this is a tricky one here as far as what intrigues me about Mike White. I think the answer to that was last week is what intrigued me. You know, I needed him last week maybe in a league or I have Zach Wilson and I just want to own the Jets situation until it, it kind of plays out. But we heard Coach Sala say today, hey, we're going back. He kind of, If you're reading between the lines, it's they're, going, they're potentially going back to Wilson or preparing to at some point. He may be hedging his bets. You know, I, th- I think he's keeping morale up of every quarterback and the entire roster. And I was on a call last night, and there was a, there was a Jets fan on the call. And I was asking him, talking, we're having a Mike White conversation. And, and he took me back a little bit because I was like, man, I'm, I'm thinking back. And I go, I remember when Mike White last played, he kind of looked good. I remember, you know, he had that Hall of Fame game and whatnot. But he he's like, yeah, he looked good until he didn't look good. And he had like a game with a bunch of interceptions, and then it, w- it was kind of all over. So I, I am a little bit worried about that. And I'm wondering, like, you know, what took the Jets so long? Like, it was Joe Flacco bef- before Mike White. And now here's Mike White again. Now the Bears' defense, one, is deplorable to start with. You know, they traded away the, their biggest assets. They were down two guys in the secondary going into that game, my boy Brisker and, and another top secondary guy. So they were, like, Eddie, paper Eddie Jackson thin. Jackson was one, I believe. Yeah, like, like so, like, you kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, so I, I think again, this, this Mike's white situation, I think you ride the, the hand while it's hot. I think they're who the jets have this week. I think it's a potential Minnesota. I don't, I don't know how that's a, that's like a good Minnesota team, but you could score on them. Like I, I, I would hope this isn't Mike White's like meltdown game. Cause I'm going to spot start him here or there. 
but I, I wouldn't go overboard on Mike White. Like I, it's, I think it is going to end at some point. He is to me a good NFL backup quarterback that you hope pulls a Cooper Rush and does some things. But he could sling it a bit. So I just think you got to temper expectations and take it week to week. You you look at their schedule and it's short sighted because this is dynasty, right? But a player like Mike White, his value. And any trade market, Colton finally able to see the show live. Cheers. Uh, Mike White, his trade value, it is completely dependent on now. And what is he going to do now? Because if you have that Stafford, if you have that Rodgers, Mike White, maybe he's one of those guys you've been stashing or you picked up off of waivers recently. He has the Vikings, like you said. But then he has the Bills, who can certainly be a challenge on the defensive side. And that's the team that ended his run last year. 24 for 44, 251 yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions was Mike White's stat line against the Bills last year. And that is what ended it. And then somehow the Detroit Lions are playing defense. That's they have they have the Lions on the schedule up after after the Bills. So who knows really? Do they go back to Zach Wilson? There's a good chance, but let me rephrase that. There's a chance. I don't want to say good chance. I, I'll, I'll be Switzerland. I'll, I'll, I'll ride the fence there. Sit on the fence a little bit. Uh, but there, there is very little potential in my mind, and I think for everybody, that Mike White has any value beyond right now. Yeah, you know, Coach Salas. Mitch, you're on. Mitch, you're on mute, Mitch. Oh. Every episode. While we're waiting on Mitch. Yeah, Coach, Sa- Coach Salas shared. He's like, he's got to take advantage of his reps. So it's, hey, do you capitalize? You have two tough games coming up on the road versus Minnesota and Buffalo. Like, this is Mike White's mm. chance. Now, yeah, they could be, they're teams that have been exposed. They may not be as, but I mean, let's just look at the records. Like, on the road, they're not easy games by any means. So if Mike White doesn't stumble, I think in these next two weeks, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle's defense is starting to struggle. He may take them to the finish line. But if he does stumble in the next couple of weeks, we'll see what happens. Mitch. 23 3rd or Mike White, 12 team Superflex. 23 3rd. I will take Mike White. So right now I'm pulling up these. Now, does that does that change if you're at the bottom of the standings just happen to have Mike White? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably take a third at that point. So here's what he's under that's unrestricted fair. free agent going into next year, right? If he has a couple of good games, that's gonna boost his value because everyone will be like, you know, all he has to do is be Matt Flynn. And then all of a sudden he could get a contract, but we're talking about Minnesota, right? Minnesota has the one, two, three, the sixth worst defense off DVOA for passing and Detroit's still pretty far down there. And so in my opinion, I think the jets are completely fine. Buffalo isn't a vaunted defense anymore. They're not, they've had so many injuries. Their players are slowly coming back. But in my opinion, the jets have a decent chance to win two out of the next three games. And if they do that, Mike White isn't losing this job. When, um, oh, it's the Jets coach's name's Salah. When he was talking about Zach Wilson and kind of his locker room presence and what the guys kind of thought about him in the offense without really talking about it, that's scary. If the coach is openly willing to talk about that stuff, in my view, Zach Wilson isn't coming back. And if it is, it's uh, 
week 16 or 17, they're completely out of the playoffs and they're going to be like, hey, we're going to give him one more chance. Zach Wilson's going down the path of he's never going to play again for the Jets, in my opinion, unless something bad happens to Mike White. We're not getting the challenge flag, but we have a timeout from Dan. It's worthy of a challenge. I, I, Mitch, I, I, wanted, I was just rolling into a great compliment for you, and then you told me oh. Zach Wilson wasn't coming back. So that's why I, I think I had to call the timeout because I was torn between like praising Mitch and, and scratching my head over Zach Wilson. I think there's just too much invested in this. too early to go that extreme on Zach Wilson. You're right. There is a locker room issue. I, I think if I'm a coach and I we invest in that talent, I'm hoping it's just a maturity issue that's going to be fixed in the next you know, however soon they did say his apology was sincere. The team is receptive to that, but at the end of the day, ballers don't want the ball. They want the rock. They don't care how nice you are. Throw me the ball, get me stats. You're my guy. And right now Mike White's their guy. So again, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to go anywhere. I think they're going to roll back to him next year. The question is, could they bring back a Mike White? Could they afford where I was going to compliment Mitch? And this is probably a later like off season, deep quarterback episode of dynasty theory. There are some interesting guys out there, and, and I'm sure I'm not going to remember them all now, but like, like we know how bad the quarterback situation is. And if you don't get one in the draft, which direction do you go? Jacoby Brissett, he had a pretty decent audition. He could play on the right in the right situation. Tyler Huntley, Huntley and I don't know who's free agents and, and who's going to be out there, but Huntley has looked good when he's given the opportunity. Cooper Rush had a good addition this year. As you're saying, Mitch, Mike White's having a good audition. You know, Teddy Bridgewater could be out there again. So there are a lot of those guys that... There's one more you haven't mentioned. Who am I missing? Tom Brady has a void. Tom Brady can be out of the box after this year. Can you imagine? All right. <laughs> so I, there, there are a lot of scenarios. Leave, did you leave out my man, Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. What are we that's doing true. here? Wait. He was like Captain Obvious, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like yeah, we, like yeah. I think he's going to be the top of the list. These, these are like I'm, I'm, I'm the ocean bottom guys. I'm looking at more, more here, JB. Yeah, and I, I mentioned in our chat, what two weeks ago, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Jets next year. That makes a lot of sense for me. Uh, okay, I, I think if I could just close this with, I think there's value in stashing all these names if for some reason they're out there or a throw-in on your bench. This is kind of going into my closing thoughts or one of them, but. You know, there's there's going to be free agent deadlines at some point. Get who you want now before if there is that freeze window. and Because, you know, there's nothing worse than stuck with, like, Tevin Coleman on your bench. He doesn't even have a team versus having a guy that potentially could compete for a starting quarterback job next year. Think about the guys. And I actually was going to add this to the show notes. And we might we might skip out of my running back conversation here. I just don't know if we're going to have enough time. We're 23 minutes in. We've gone through three <laughs> players. So, yeah, let's. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about some running back situations. We'll bring that up uh, and kind of tie it back to week 12, too, but maybe some of it will carry forward to week 13. But I was going through today, and I wanted to add something else to the show notes, but I didn't because it's like a novel over here. And I'm thinking, okay, I feel like this year we have had so many more spot quarterback starts. Does it not feel that I mean, way? I think so. Yeah. But then I'm going back. And through 12 weeks, and I didn't want to do it based on games played because you go in there for a series, they count that as a game played, right? So I'm going back and I'm looking at weeks one through 12, any quarterbacks that have put up 20 fantasy points total. So that bar is low. But again, you most likely had to start somewhere along the way. This year, it's been on par with each of the last five years. And 
think about it, the guys, and this ties in, I, I wanted to bring this up because it ties into exactly what Dan said. When we're heading into the off season, think about these names that you've seen traded in your leagues. And if they haven't been traded in your league, they've been traded elsewhere. I've seen trades involving these guys. Taylor Heineke. Hold on. What year am I on here? What year am I? I'm on 2022. Where am I? I'm I'm all over the place. Taylor Heineke. What year it is? I I don't know what day it is. Okay, buddy. No, I'm not. I told you guys before the show, (laughs) my wife is going out of town for work tomorrow. And I'm just thinking about the terror of the two kids and, and working from home. And, oh, man, if, if you don't hear from me, you, you know what happened. Uh, and then send the authorities after my, my three-year-old because he's the one that's going to be responsible. Uh, but think about these names, right? Taylor Heineke, Baker Mayfield coming back to play, play some time here. Joe Flacco, P.J. Walker, Bailey Zappi, Teddy Bridgewater saw a starter too. Mike White. Colt McCoy, even Bryce Perkins, maybe he's not getting traded necessarily, but these are all guys that are seeing opportunities and you look at it and you think these are the types of guys that maybe I want to stash on the end of my roster. Andy Dalton, you know, he was a free agent in leagues Mm -hmm. or you could get him for fab. Probably I'm sure Dan tried the fab guru over there, right? It's, you know, uh, so I agree with that instead of those those running backs that don't have teams like a Tevin Coleman or those wide receivers that are just you're never going to play them. They're never going to have a trade market. Th- those types of quarterbacks are the ones uh, Ben says uh, JB's first solo uh, voyage. I, I've been alone with them, but not overnight. uh Pray for me, Ben. Whoever you pray to, pray for me, buddy. Pray for me. Uh, okay. So Mike White, Mitch, rank these guys for me rest of season. Right? Oh, no. Rank these. I don't want to. Mike White, Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills, Sam Darnold. Exactly how you listed them. I'll go White, Heineke, Mills, Darnold. A terrible exercise of brutally bad. Dan, it's pretty close, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'd go Mike. If this is the real Mike White, I go Mike White, Heineke, Mills, and Darnold. But I mean, yeah. they all stink. I mean, it, I don't know. <laughs> but th- listen, listen. That could change week to week because you know, mat- is it matchup specific? I mean. I enjoy watching Mike White. He could sling it. Taylor Heineke, I expect to make a mistake at any point in any game. Um, I think you really got to build a very careful plan around him. Like, just think if the Met, the Mets, just think if the Jets still had Brees Hall. Like, what? A, like that is the tragic mm-hmm. injury of, of, of 2022 because the Jets have a very good football team, and they're man, it's extraordinary the dip at running back. So, but I go Mike White one. All right. Well, you're both wrong. And don't listen. I know it's disgusting. And I keep saying that we're, we're digging deep here each and every week. Right. And at least once an episode, I say, I know it's gross, but Dan, (laughs) I'm preparing for battle in week 13 against you in a 16 team Mm. super flex league. I'm I'm making moves here. I got to get on your level, but I looked at your lineup last week. You got 30 points from Mike white. So these are there. It's nothing to scoff at. Yeah. These guys are going to produce until they don't. And then you're going to get that goose egg or maybe even a negative game 
in a plus six minus four, but these are still players that are going to return value at some point this year. It might not be every single game. Uh, oh, Jonathan's jumping the gun in the chat. I still Zonovan... think it's a valid question. I think it is. Well, we're going to get we're getting there. Oh, I thought we were skipping over the running back, so I was thinking we weren't going to. Sorry. Not we're skipping bad. over my long Oh, paragraph. the other one. I see. I see. <laughs> but, yeah, we're still going to get to Zonovan Knight there. But you're both wrong anyway. Because it's going to. Taylor Heineke. Who do you have better? Taylor Heineke. Mike White, Sam Darnold, Davis Mills. I like how you're a Heineke guy when you gave us so much crap about us saying that he's just as good as Carson Wentz. I'm glad that I think you we said like he was better, Mitch, and then we we were right. And I don't yeah. hear John saying Dan and yeah. Mitch, you were right, guys. That's true. I'm not. Heineke was better he's not guy. better than Carson Wentz. He's not worse. They're not but letting he, Wentz play over him. He well, he got Wally pipped. Damn it, <laughs> he got Wally pipped. Come on. Uh, no, I'm still I'm still okay with Taylor Heineke. Here. You got him flustered uh, now. All right, move on to the running the back. How, how you can't spend any more time on these four quarterbacks? Tell me there aren't people trying to fix their quarterback problems for cheap as a, a team that's towards the top of the standings. Tell sure. me, Dan. And we've given the advice on it, and then <laughs> you know, I mean, we had our nice little Mike White Heineke Wentz debate there, and Mills is dust. You know, Darnold's good until. He sucks, and then P.J. Walker finishes the season. But All right, Michael Carter, ankle. We got Jonathan. We got B-Hart talking up Zonovan Knight. If, and he most likely is on your waiver wire, right? Nobody picked him up, before, you know. Uh, Depending on the size of the league. 12-team super flex, 28-player Should be roster. open there. Uh, what are you saving your fab for, guys? You can't take it with you. You can't take it. You're, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to save my money. No, no, no. Listen, you, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to blow it. I'm, I'm going to blow that that money on Zonovan Knight. Any disagreement? Because that's yeah, pretty. I want Ty Johnson, who I think is also unrostered in many leagues, but he is the one that I would much rather have Ty Johnson. We've seen it in that offense before with him. <sighs> he scored last week. He, he, he got his, he got his touches. I can make an argument. Here's the there. thing. All right. So route participation, you know, I'm going to go to that route participation. They were pretty equal. Once Michael Carter went down, Ty Johnson was at 30% route participation. Zonovan Knight, 27. The targets per route run Knight was at 38%. So if he's running a route, there's a decent chance he's getting, getting the ball there. Um, and but I, I take think Zonovan night higher because he's a rookie at least there's a little luster there if someone wants to take a dart like we 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 know what we're getting in tyler johnson at this point but but to your point mitch i mean hey if if he ty johnson's out there too now i i do say we have to temper expectations i can't talk tonight um michael carter it's a low ankle sprain now today it's not a high one so it it moves south for the winter it moves south for the winter so he may be back potentially this weekend um sooner than later Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I, I see like a three running back timeshare there. You know, I was a little disappointed this week that Michael Carter pre-injury wasn't going to be like bell cow. Um, the yeah. jets are just situationally using backs as they have them. They're just, you know, fillers until Brees Hall comes back next year. Yep. This is, this is a passing team. I just don't know of any other players that are going to be on your waiver wire 
that are worth B- Benny Snell, maybe. Yeah, I'd yeah, rather I do Jets flyer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but I know you're saying we know what Ty Johnson is, and that's why Zonovan Knight might be more intriguing as a rookie. But it's not like he's going to return value beyond this year. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, still the one-two punch next year. Yeah. I think so the biggest the... loser is James Robinson, a healthy scratch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is the biggest loser right now. And, you know, you, you bring up the Steelers, you talk about the Jets, and and I guess, you know, we're, we're diving this deep because, hey, you may have a desperate running back situation. The injury bug may have gotten you. You're just trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Or you got a bunch, you got running backs that are questionable, and you're not going to know till Sunday, so you're trying to get some more options. Um, you know, Najee, I think we're waiting to hear some more information on. You know, I'm, I'm holding my breath in Scott Fishbowl that's not long term. Um, but you know, Jalen Warren, I know is in the notes here. I think I'm hearing his hamstring is a mile on the mild side, which we never like hearing hamstring, period. But I think there is a chance he comes back and is their number one if Najee doesn't play. McFarlane, Anthony McFarlane's in that mix. I, I think he's probably on your free agent wire, just like Benny Snell. And he actually looked okay. He had a little bit of burst. So I think you got a bunch of bums. And I say that with all due respect, because they're blessed to be in the National Football League. But for fantasy football purposes, <laughs> they're a bunch of bums. <laughs> you, 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 you need them to fall into the end zone to have any really, I think, relevance for you. That was like in my, in, I went into the office today and we're watching the USA soccer match. And, you know, the peanut gallery, we're all chirping. And you look at us and it's like, we are criticizing these world-class athletes. Like, oh, you you can't run 90 minutes? Come on! <laughs> Heck, I couldn't run a 40-yard dash. Uh, that's true. I didn't come in last, though. I didn't come, I didn't in, last. come in last. So, so, yeah, we have these two scenarios here. And it's Pittsburgh with Harris. If he, you know, again... It, I, I know no but no team wants to shut a player down. But the Steelers, they're not going anywhere fast. You know, uh, so you have Benny Snell, Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarland, who you mentioned, Dan. But I actually I thought Benny Snell was the more intriguing of the two options and between him and McFarland, and he would be the one to get red zone usage. And I think Jalen Warren would fill in the role and he does everything better than Anthony McFarland. So I, I think in Pittsburgh, if Harris were to miss time, it's that Warren Snell one, two punch with McFarland mixed in. And you all know from a fantasy perspective, we love when there's three running backs involved on a given week. We love it. We love it. I, I, I think you go deep to like McFarland if there's nobody else. And then, you know, Warren retweaks his hamstring or something. And now it's only two, two person back instead of three. Again, just trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think overall, and this was something that was brought up in our discord. Again, it's five bucks a month. It is a fantastic community going 24 seven. I think we have people from like seven different countries, mm-hmm. which is, it blows my mind that even people, in my own house want to speak to me let alone people from all over the world. That blows my mind. Uh, and B-Hart's question about San Fran, we'll get there. Wait, yeah, before, before just to close on the Jets. I, I, didn't too, finish my th- I didn't finish my thought. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Well, let me add this to your final finishing thought there. They did sign Jonathan Ward today, too. I think that's nothing more than a depth piece, but I just want to throw that in there. But I wanted to say, and I was getting there, I promise, but as mentioned in the Discord today, okay, Somebody said, well, I, I can't even get a 3-4 swap to get rid of Gus Edwards. And that's kind of the situation we see with a lot of these running backs. Uh, Snell, 
uh, McFarland, uh, Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake. We're getting to the point. JB got Wally pipped. It's every week. It's every week. We're getting to the point where teams, uh, and I say teams, fantasy managers, dynasty managers, they don't want to invest anything in an asset that, one, might not even return value this year. Whereas we look at those lower-end quarterbacks, we know Tyler Tyler Taylor Heineke is going to give you something. We know Mike White's probably going to give you something. But these running backs with three guys in a committee, it is challenging to want to invest, even if one of them pops off. So if you do catch lightning in a bottle, I think it's a player that's going to be more beneficial on your roster than on the open market. Uh, a lot of talk about San Fran, guys. And we can jump down to it. Elijah made of glass Mitchell. <laughs> that was Dan. And you could, you know, Dan was like, Oh, this is a good one. Yep. Uh, he's hitting the IR. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. Do we have any interest at all in the secondary or tertiary pieces in TDP in Jordan Mason, Dan? I think this, you know, be Mitch, 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 I've been starting with Dan the whole night. Mitch Dan was already talking. Go ahead, Dan. You're good. Mitch. I appreciate you, brother, but that was fair. you JB. You know, but we will be merry, like as your mug says. And uh, you know, what is it with the Niners backs? You know, they, they get rid of Mostert, they get rid of Wilson, they're both made of glass. Uh, here's Eli Mitchell again gets injured, like they just keep going down. But this situation I think is better than the Steelers and the Jets, the way the Niners use their running backs. Like, let's just say CMC goes down. Scott Anita's bothering them. John, who's running the ball? And I know Debo, we're seeing them. Debo is going to cap any ceiling of these these secondary guys. I agree, but but they still, depending on the game, depending on the script, depending on how important it is they you know, in the playoffs you're 100 percent right. And but I just think they will still have a role, even if Debo's running the ball, they would still have a role. I like TD Price. I think Mason played before him this week because that was the game plan going in. Going in, they had McCaffrey, they had um, you know Debo as you mentioned, JB. They had Eli Mitchell, so they were loaded. Mason was their active guy because he was on special teams. So out of desperation, he got in there and got some burn. But now knowing that Mitchell's out, I think TD Price is the next guy in line. And he's a good back. Third-round draft capital. I definitely liked him when he's ran. I, I, I think he's a guy that – I think you may, may be hard to get unless maybe in a 12-team league you're, you're lucky and he's out there. You could probably get him for free because he sucks. Like he's not very good at football. I think that's kind of the issue why he what? hasn't been on the field. So, sorry, that was a little mean. But I think, okay, I'm just going to, I don't, I like Jordan Mason more than TDP, but I, I kind of agree with John here. I think their upside is so limited that I would much rather have any of the backs that we've talked before this. I mean, give me night over both of them without hesitation. I just think that you can't trust them. And if you can, you're going to get maybe a game out of them. And if not, it's probably going to get a series that you're happy about. But then after that, you're just not going to like them that much. So you're going to take a free agent running back from the jets over a third round draft pick for the Niners. Well, yeah. We've seen a yeah. Well, we've seen a couple of those. But the situation's different so now. The situation's different. Well, you know, they, they, they moved Jeff Wilson out of town. Yeah, Eli Mitchell's out six McCaffrey. to eight weeks. That's pretty good. But if McCaffrey went down again, I love the Debo point. I just think there's a little more upside for TD price this year and definitely beyond because they drafted they, they invested third round draft capital in them I, I can't, there's no way john bauer is going to take a free agent over a third round pick where's trey sermon i don't even know where he is to be honest see yeah, they gave up on him i think he's in philly yeah you're right remember joe uh, williams this has happened before 
but but listen so here's my thing with the 49ers backfield we all want to look at these lower end guys and we have these these undervalued assets especially at running back and we want those guys that we plant our flag and they pop it, uh, james robinson initially you know it, and we feel great about it right and we want to look at these guys like tdp we want to look at jordan mason we want to say they could be the next Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers. Well, the issue is, and Mitch, you just said it, Christian McCaffrey's there. He has a three-year deal, right? And Elijah Mitchell, he's on a rookie deal through 2024. And then you have TDP on a rookie deal. You have Jordan Mason. And I'm not saying the situation is any better for the New York Jets running backs, because I mentioned it. You have Brees Hall, Michael Carter, James Robinson, who's going to be out of there after this year. So there really is little room for night. I get that. I actually think the most intriguing situation is the Steelers out of the three that we talked about. And right now, with Warren still being dinged up, and Najee Harris having issue after issue, I love him, but it seems like after every play, he's hobbled. And I didn't even realize when he first went down that it was an abdomen issue. I thought it was a leg of some, like, and then they say ab? Come on. Uh, well, I'm a little worried that you were saying that like we want our takes to be right and like we'll say things, but like my Brevin Jordan take was made with scientific input. I had spreadsheets that came out. You know, it's not my fault that he hasn't performed on the film field yet, and I'm pretty sure that was a direct attack by you to me today, just to make fun of him. What what spreadsheet did you have? <laughs> Wasn't you, one of mine. You probably made it, to be honest. I probably like Josh preseason projections. Wasn't one of mine. I'll tell you that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's this isn't one of those situations. And I'm looking at New York, and I'm looking at San Fran, where it's somebody coming out of nowhere in a very muddied backfield that has upside to produce and be relevant and be uh, somewhat valuable next year. We just don't have that in either of these situations. Mm -hmm. I do think we have it with Jalen Warren, though. And I do think you get some of that discount because he's still dinged up. And we just saw Benny Snell. And we just saw uh, Anthony McFarland. Right? So I I don't know. They're all ugly. But I'm going to put you guys at the test here. Just like I did with those, those horrific quarterbacks. And Dan, I want to start with you this time. Rank these... Uh, well, it's... How do I want to phrase this question? I was going to say rank these backfields, but which backfield intrigues you the most? And then which piece is the most intriguing? Okay. And let's keep cost in our mind. This isn't on the show notes. So I'm really throwing you guys for a loop, but jets Steelers 49ers, Dan, who's the most intriguing. And then which piece on that team? If Najee and CMC are healthy, I stand by TD price being the most attractive. If Najee's ab injury is serious, JB, you make a good point. That may be the most attractive because they are committed to that run. And maybe one of those guys that you go with the hot hand and if it's a healthy Jordan Mason, he's the guy. If not, maybe Benny Snell gets a little a little bit of run again. So I go with the Niners. The Jets are the least attractive, I think, just because of the way they use them. And we know Carter's coming back. And I think you're just going to have a three-headed monster no matter what. Mitch? Jamal Williams, just trade for him instead. Can we do that? Listen, we if you've been listening to Dynasty Theory, you have Jamal Williams on your roster That's because we talk about him every episode. Jamal, if you're listening, I know you love Dynasty Theory. We want to collect our royalty checks because we mention you every week, buddy. 
But Mitch, the, out of those three backfields, Steelers, I'll go. Steelers. They're the most intriguing yeah. for you. Okay. Yeah. And I do think it is just because of the the upside and uncertainty with Harris on a weekly basis. And like we mentioned, but Dan, let me ask you, or Mitch, let me ask you. We'll start with Mitch. Okay. Does Melvin Gordon intrigue you more in Kansas City than any of those three situations we just talked about? Oh, yes, but only because I think he completely ruins Pacheco's upside. So I think that's a little intriguing just because I think that has the biggest fantasy impact of any of the guys we've talked about. Melvin Gordon there, I think Pacheco with CH going out was going to be able to have touchdown upside each week. Yeah, they pass a lot in the red zone, but that opportunity was going to be there to score. I mean, it happened this past week Mm -hmm. with Melvin Gordon. All it takes is for him to get one carry inside the five and it could ruin it because Pacheco's not getting a lot. So you take one of those away and it cuts down his odds. I think it kills Pacheco's upside. So Pacheco would have been a guy going into this week that, you know, I could start to buy into him for the rest of the season. Maybe he's a guy I could trade for down the playoff run. Now I'm completely staying away from kind of like what Dan said last week, just stay away and run. (laughs) Let someone else try to figure out that chiefs offense. If anything, I think the most interesting thing and opportunistic thing here, we're talking about takeaways and opportunities, is the fact that this gives you another window to maybe move a Melvin Gordon for mm-hmm. a third. Give me a third. Yeah. Dude's what, 30 years old. Give me a third. And Mitch, you said it, but Pacheco, he already had that capped upside. The not this past week, but weeks eleven and ten. He had like 80 rushing yards, 90 rushing yards, but minimal work in the reception game. No red zone work, really. Mm-hmm. So great games, but he averaged nine fantasy points per game. So, yeah, you could sit there. And it, it goes back to my uh, the, the talks about Kenneth Walker and, and Damian Pierce and these guys that they need one of two things. They need touchdowns or they need work in the passing game. And Kenneth Walker, I, the dude's just going to score a touchdown every week. It doesn't matter, apparently. But Damian Pierce, you start to take that away. He hasn't scored in like five or six weeks. That is kind of the situation that I think Isaiah Pacheco is is walking into. So, yeah, Melvin caps the upside. Do I want Melvin Gordon? No. I Get him off my team if I was stuck with him and the opportunity now presents itself. Yeah, I like the idea of moving him now because that window did open if he can and, and take a third-round pick. Do I think Melvin Gordon's more attractive than all those other guys we just named? Potentially, yeah. Not that I like the Kansas City situation, as Mitch said. So I, I think the answer is Dan, D. Jamal Dan Williams. Ba- all these. Dan thinks this but, is the Bachelor. Now he's talking about their attractiveness. Come on, keep it clean. <laughs> all good, all good. No, but Kansas City, like they gave Pacheco a chance this week in the red zone, and he didn't capitalize on it. Like he had a few carries in there, and I think there's a one, there's a little part of me that says, hey, if anyone can score inside the five, the job is yours. So you bring in Melgo. I think at a minimum he's he replaces Rojo. He takes Rojo like right out of the mix again because Ro- Rojo didn't do anything this week. So he might have like a little bit of a role, but uh, you need him to capitalize on it. You know, could Gordon score inside of five and become their goal line guy? Then again, you got a little deep stash for a contender. If you are a contender, I like Melgo better than those other guys. Preston Wirfs, offensive tackle, Tampa Bay Buccaneers goes down. Sounds like it's going to be a few weeks. He's he's a top offensive lineman, right? This is going to be, it's going to be a test for Tom Brady. It's going to be a test for the running game. 
Uh, Leonard Fournette banged up, obviously. But does this put a little bit of a pause on Rashad White season continuing, Mitch? No, because I think how his gameplay works, actually, it kind of works out. If the offensive line's breaking down, you can see really quick passes out to him just leaking out of the backfield. So I actually think might cap his rushing upside a little bit, but fantasy we really don't care about rushing upside when something's going to benefit his receiving upside for me. Ben? Worried about Tampa in general. That was one of the reasons yeah. I, I mentioned that in the, in the show notes. So I think, you know, two weeks ago, Tampa Bay showed a little bit of life there. You know, the game that Lenny hurt his hip there, but you know, White was looking good. Lenny held his own. Passing game was coming along. Godwin's coming along. And then they go into Cleveland this week with two weeks to prepare. And it was ugly. And then you know they had questions at O-line. And you lose Trist- Tristan Wirfs, who's one of the best offensive tackles in the National Football League. How do you fix this? You know, Mike Evans isn't getting any younger. Brady, what's it going to be? So I-, I just have some concern if, you know, I'm a contender – and I'm relying on those Bucks guys down the stretch here. If you can find someone of you know equal value with maybe a little more long-term upside, it might be time to move some Bucks. You know, maybe I'm panicking. I don't know. But that that Worf's injury was just very discouraging for a team that I think is kind of very fragile. I think the only good news is the weak division that they're in. They're going to keep competing and battling. Um, defense is decent, but they they got some issues. The biggest loser here, I think, it's going to be the tight end play. I mean, one, since Cameron Brait is active, Kate Otten has no fantasy relevance, unfortunately. But you would think they're going to be more involved in, in helping with the blocking game there. But also, Mike Evans, if, if Brady's getting pressured, a player with an average depth of target of 13 mm-hmm. is not going to be the one that benefits. Chris Godwin, his dot 5.8 <laughs> yards this year. <laughs> Pepper him with targets all right and that's what's going to happen it's going to be Rashad White underneath it's going to be Lenny it's going to be Chris Godwin so if you have Mike Evans I I know it's tough to say hey if you're contending move Mike Evans but I don't know if he really gives you much over replacement the weeks that Werfs is going to be out strictly because of the time to throw in that limited a dot Something's wrong there. Like this offense just isn't gelling. Like when does a Tom Brady led team with two weeks to prepare versus a weak Cleveland defense just be average? Yeah. And, and again, I mean, no knock on Jacoby Brissett, but I guess it kind of is. And with the Jacoby Brissett led offense, but they do have Amari Cooper and he's a legend. We know that Dan. Coop. Uh, Mitch is Amir Abdullah worth a roster spot. No, I'm, I agree with you. You answered it in the chat only on a 14 to 16 team league. I mean, you got to have some pretty massive rosters on that point. I mean, is he worth a roster? Sure, because about everyone in the league is worth a roster at that point, but he's not worth one over anyone else that's in that same scenario. Dan? Yeah, I bet. Godwinner George Pickens for dynasty purposes. Oh, George Pickens, baby. So you, know, I'm, 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 you, you know how the, high I am on Pickens. I'm, I am biased. so I'll We all knew the answer to that question. We all knew it. Uh, I almost agreed to that. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's Godwin. (laughs) I I prefer Godwin. I I get Pickens, though. I really do. I I mean, he does make a highlight reel catch every single week. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for Chris Godwin, I I think now that, you know, you look at startups and 
uh, who posted the this startup? Was it Beheart? Uh, whoever's in our chat right now, uh, Chris Godwin or Mitch, you're in the league. Chris Godwin or George Pickens, are they available still? And I think oh. you're in the middle of the seventh round. Yeah, I don't think either of them bit picked yet. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised. I think, but we're getting to the point now with the off season with startups. I, I think Pickens is going to be going ahead of Godwin because of the hype and the youth. And hey, it's going to be the end of the fantasy season here. Points don't matter, so let's go value, value, value. I lied. Godwin went in the fourth, and Pickens went in the fifth. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Pickens went ahead of Devontae Smith, which is crazy talk. But and is, Chubb but... and Adams, you know. What I, I think mean... about. Go ahead, man. Sorry, bro. No, no, no. Dan, no, I, I just had something that, like, on the Pickens thought too. When mm-hmm. I was, you know, watching the game last night, and we we were all joking in the Discord. You know, he'd have a drop, he'd have a great catch, and his value went up and down as we as we spoke. But for Pittsburgh, you know, Kenny Pickett showed progress last night. He showed some upside and potential. Let's let's fast forward to a, like a year from now. When we talk about these rookies, Pickens was a guy that, if it wasn't for injury, probably should have been a, a first round pick. Like he's a high caliber talent wide receiver. Knowing that, another year healthy, another year in the league, Pittsburgh right now, if the season ended, has the fifth overall pick in the draft. I could see them getting that anchor offensive lineman that this team needs. Najee gets healthy. Like this offense could continue has a lot of weapons. It could really continue to project upwards versus. You know, you talk about a Chris Godwin who, again, like him, he's a stud, but I have a lot more questions the direction of Tampa Bay. So I just love that Pickens upside, the Steelers upside. I think he'll continue to trend up. I think in a lot of spots, what I was going to say before Dan jumped in, I everybody knows that I I have a hard time getting a word in here on Dynasty. It's theory. very true, you do. Oh, man. I think, I did I hit my, reversal. Dan, did I hit my word count for the night already? You've been good. You've been good. I think I needed like... A, Stop the caffeine drinks tonight, but go, go, go ahead. <laughs> now I need you guys to drink more caffeine. So it makes me look somewhat normal here. Uh, da, 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 da. What I was going to say is I think you can get that plus with Chris Godwin in some spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so any of the other show notes here, add it into your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Dan, I want to start with you. I know you had a lot of things here listed. We always start with Dan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the one time I start with Mitch, you yelled at me, Mitch. Oh, okay. And, My bad. And, and I signed I've... off and I broke down in tears. I just assumed you were going in alphabetical order. You know, Lamania Sorensen, Dan, Mitch. Uh, that, that was my theory. But, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, anyway, but... final thoughts. Episode 183, week 12 in the books. Looking ahead to week 13. Fantasy playoffs are almost here. What do you got for us, Dan? Rapid fire, just from the notes, you know, the ETN foot injury, you know, I'm still kind of marinating on that. He says he's going to be okay now. What if he or the team is lying? You know, James Hasty looks like the, their best back other than the ETN. Um, we haven't seen Daryl Henderson yet, and so until I see him, you know, I think Hasty's another guy you could add to the free agent wire. The Bears wide receiver situation with Mooney out, ah, I don't think Claypool is that good either, and I don't think that situation is that good. Uh, so no, nothing really excites me, I guess, from the other injuries. Be careful Thursday night with Jacoby Myers' uh, uh, shoulder bothering him there, and they're distributing the ball a lot to some of those other receivers. But two weeks left of bye weeks. Keep an eye on that. Other than that, I think we've talked about scouring that free agent wire to build your uh, your roster for the offseason. Get those future starters or future handcuffs before your free agent wire freezes. 
just my final thought before I turn over to Mitch. And it's like, what is it? Uh, part of the interruption where they talk about the mistakes at the end of the show. Jamichael Hasty, Dan. Jamichael. Just doesn't matter. It does. Listen, it matters to me. I okay? know it does. That was that was mean. That was being mean. Man, Mitch that was, was mean, mean. Before, so he started Dan, it. Dan. Be merry. Be merry. Perfect night for that mug. I know. And then we got the Grinch over there. All right, Mitch. All right. All right. So, you know, the reason why we do Dynasty Theory year round is because, like John said, I'm a degenerate. So, I'm in a startup draft right now. I just want, for everyone's reference, um, the 23 picks are what everyone values right now, right? So, just throwing it out there, the guys that are in this draft, I trust they're like Dynasty Acumen, right? Like, they're all really good Dynasty players. Five of the top 23 picks went in the first 40 picks of the draft. And just while we were doing the show now, every single first round draft pick in the 23 draft is off the board in the top 70 picks. So that means 12 rookies are going to be ranked to the top 70 players in all of the NFL, which you might think it's a lot, but this is November. It's going to be higher than that. Come March, it's going to be higher than that come may so just keep that in mind if you are making a push you're like this is a late this is gonna be the 110 oh it's gonna be the 112 whatever ends up being you could end up trading like a top 50 dynasty asset just because you want to make a push maybe there's something else you could do there in order to make the move instead and i think the opportunity then as the off season progresses and i know the we're only heading into week 13 and, and Dan's going to scream at us for even talking about the off season. I get it. I get it. We don't want to jump the gun. We don't want to uh, speed up time anymore. That's already, uh, you know, going at this point in time, but those picks, the, the value, even if they don't necessarily rise, think about the return you could get on any of those picks, whether it's certainly one Oh one to one Oh six, but even those back half picks, I have teams that have four, five, six, seven, 23 first round picks. I don't want to make all of them. Mm-hmm. Let me cash out. Let me get some of those boring. Let me get a, get a Chris Godwin plus at some point for the 112. You know, different things like that, which I, I know it sounds crazy, but those are opportunities that are going to present themselves. What's going to be interesting, Mitch and Dan, is in those startups with those picks going that early, do you really? Is there any chance to profit off of them? It's okay. I want my Bichon. I got the 101. That's all I care about. I'm good. I know. I know. Uh, but just what's, something to think about. Yeah. What's nice, as much as I bust you, I think we covered every segment of the calendar year in Dynasty in this episode. You know, wherever your Dynasty passion is, that's the beauty, beauty about Dynasty Theory. Whether you're getting ready for a big week 13 or you're doing a startup now like you crazies are or – you're looking ahead to the off season. We've, we've covered it all tonight. Uh, we talked about the NFL draft. We talked about free agency tonight. We didn't talk about the combine. We should have worked that in a little bit. And then the dog days of summer at June, it's like a uh, ghost town in here. Anyway, hopefully everybody enjoyed the episode. Remember, check out the Patreon, uh, go over to manscape.com, treat yourself and think about dynasty theory. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I got to get through. I can't get through an episode without something dumb coming out of my mouth. Anyway, I've embarrassed these guys enough. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. Uh, Links are in the episode description. Check out everything. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.